0: hey guru charan sarojaraj nech manu mukar sudhari barnau raghuvara bimalajasu jodayak phal chari buntihi natanu janike sumiro pavana kumar balabudi vidya dehu mohe harau kalesh vikar Jai Hanuman Gyan Gun Saagar Jai Kapi Sati Ujagar Ramaduta Dut Baladama, Anjani Putra Pavan Sut Nama Mahabir Vikram Bajrangi Gumati Nivar Sumati Ke Sangi Kanjan Baran Viraj Subhesha Kanan Kundal Kunchit Kesha Hat Vraj O Biraji Kande Munjanehu Saji Sankarasuana Kesani Nandan Teja Pratap Mahajagabandan Petyavanaguni at the Chatur Ramakajikari Bako Atur Prabucharitrasuni Beko Rasia Ramala Kanasi Tamana Basia Sukhmaru Padarisi Hidikava विकट रूप धरि लंक जरावा, भीम रूप धरि असुर सहारे रामचंद्र के काज सवारे लाय सजीवन लखन जिय आई श्री रघुबीर हरषि उर लाये की केने बहुत बड़ाई तुम मम प्रिय भरतहि सम Sahasabadanatum rojasekavi Asakai shri patti kantala gavi Sanaka dig brahma di monisa Nara de sahita ahisa Jamaku beer dig palajahati Kabiko bed kahisa ke kahati Toma upakar sugriva hikina Ram melahi raja padatina तो मेरो मंत्र बिवेशन मान लङ्केश्वर भय सब जग जान जुक्सहस्त्र सहस्त्र जोजन पर भानो लीनु जानु प्रभु मन्त्रिका मैली मुख माहि जलदि लांगी गए अचरजनाई दुर्गम काज जगत के जेते सुगम अनुग्रह तुम्हरे ते राम दुवारे तुम रखवारे होत न बिनु पैसारे सब सुख लहे तुम्हारी शरण तुम रक्षक काहू को डरना आपन तेज समारो आपे तीनो लोक हाकते खापे भूत पिशाच निकट नहीं आवे महावीर जब नाम सुनावे नासे रोग हरे सब पीरा जपते तने रंतर हनुमत बीरा Sankat tehanumana judaavi Vankram bha chanadhyana jolavi Sappararam tapasviraja तन काज सकल तुम साजा और बलोरत जो कोई लावे सोई अब तो जीवन फल पावे चारों जुग पर ताप तुम हारा। है पर जगत उजियारा साथु सत्य के तुम रखवारे असुर देखा दर दुलारे अश्ट <laughs> Chana ki baata, Ramar saayan tumre paasa, Sada raho, Raghupati ke daasa, Tumre bhajan Ram ko paave, Chanab chanab ke dukh जहाँ जादबहारी भक्त कहाँई और देवता चिंता धरही हनुमत से ही सर्व सुख करही सकट कटे मिटे सब पीरा जो सुबिरे हनुमत भले बीरा जय 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 हनुमान गोसाई कृपा करो गुरु देव किलाई जो सत बार पाट करे कोई चूटा ही बदी बहा सुक होई जो यह पढ़ हनुमान चालीसा सा ओए सिद्ध सा की गौरी सा तुलसी दास सदारी चेरा की जय नाद हे देव Pavatane sakkat harana, bhaggal boorati roop Rāb sita sahita, ridaiva sosur bhūp Siyāvar Rāb chadra ki jai Uvāpati bahadeva ki jai Pavan sut hanuman ki Bolo Rebhai, Sam Sattana Ki che Now, Srimad Bhagwat Mahapura. we are right now doing the lineage of priyavrat uh, The sound has to come from the key. We are doing the lineage of Priyavrat Jod se tobhara padhega Thaashad. <laughs> uh, we are doing the lineage of Priyavrat. Now, Priyavrat was the son of Madhu and Shatrupa. And we saw last class that after every generation, the effort was put. And Priyavrat is brought back for a particular reason. Because his tapa in the Brahmacharya ashram was so high that he was asked to get to the greatest ashram so that he can procreate and get like minded good souls and even Divine Souls or God into the world. Because Brahmacharya Ashram's importance is very strong, right? we discussed it very clearly. The Brahmacharya Ashram is very very important, because in that Ashram, the child is made ready for the Grastha Ashram or to procreate, because in our Shastras there are four Ashrams. And as per our scriptures also, nowhere it is said that you have to directly enter sannyasa. If that is the prarabdha of somebody, it's a different thing. But a gristh is no way inferior to a sannyasi. If the sannyasi <coughs> and the gristh lead a similar kind of a life. So when Priyavrata Tapasya was so strong in the Brahmacharya Ashram that Brahmaji himself descended to give him the instructions to go back, his lineage was definitely very strong. Agni Dhar came and then after that came Nabhi, after that came Rishabh Dev, right? If I am not mistaken, I have taken though, all the names. And Rishabh Dev's son was Bharat. Now, Rishabh Dev is said to be the incarnation of Lord Vishnu. He is said to be so divine. When we look at Rishabdev, it is evident that how many generations had put in the effort. It is not the effort of only one generation. Every generation leads a pious life because our cells are very very strong, right? They can capture, evaluate, if you believe in evolution and all these things, adaptation, our cells adapt. So when the environment in the house is ingrained in the genes also. So that is why we see that every generation puts in effort and after a while, after a few generations. We'll say, ha, now Kapil Muni came. Now we'll say, oh, Rishabh Dev came. So every generation consciously without swaying was walking the path of being pious. Because (coughs) karmic things are also, karmic, karmas and everything is also passed from one generation to another. Because we are the subtotal of our ancestors, right? So everything is passed. So this pious nature, sanskars are also passed. Priyavrath was born, he had 100 sons and he ruled very well. Not only did he demonstrate what a brahmachari ashram should be like, he also demonstrated what a grihasta should be like. He had 100 children, he had a wife Jayanti plus he was a king. So it was not that he was deprived of anything at all which we think now maybe deprivation or depression or a loss can lead somebody to spirituality no, none was the case with most of the people we have talked about because all of them were kings all of them had everything in that world all of them had whatever they wanted so it was not deprivation it was not distress nothing it was a conscious effort towards divinity now Rishabh dev showed how to leave a grist ashram showed how to rule plus when his children were of a considerable age he started teaching them from the very beginning because i think every parent should actually read this chapter of Rishabdev, because it shows how a parent should be or what a parent should do for the child and Rishabdev was not selfish at all he would not teach his children under closed doors they were kings right princes hundred of them he would always impart the lessons to them in open when all his praja was also present. Because there is no difference between praja and putra. In Sanskrit, praja and putra have the same meaning. So he would sit everywhere, sit in the open and impart. Plus, the other reason could be that when people are listening that this is the teaching of his father, if at all his sons sway, they can tell him that this is not what your father taught you. Because after Rishabdev they are going to rule the earth, right? Bharat and his brothers. So he would sit in the open and impart whatever he wanted to. One day he and his sons were going around and they saw a good big gathering of Rishis. When they saw this big gathering of Rishis, Rishabdev decided to use this opportunity not only to impart to the citizens or the Rishis, but to his children also, along with all of them. So again the scene is like there is just imagine a tree where Shavdev is sitting, everybody is sitting there, and he starts talking. And what would he impart to his children? Ideally we will think he'll say, This is how you have to rule, this is the weaponry, this is how you have to archery. All these things would be taught or you know, how to manage finances, how to manage the kingdom. Yes, those children were very good in all that but that was not the most important lesson because he understood that there is a big difference in the birth of a swine or a pig or a dog and a human being. So this difference was very clear. Now Rishabh Dev clearly said and I'll read out a lot of things today, the body. In the mortal world does not deserve to be given up to the pursuits of sensuous pleasures this was how he started imparting which are really a source of misery which are enjoyed even by swines dogs and other animals right pleasure to everybody likes to get pleasure then where is the difference a dog also likes to get pleasures. a cat will also like it a swine a pig everybody even a worm enjoys even though it is in shit it, he enjoys. He gets pleasure in there. Right. You try and pull it out. It won't. It will go deeper. There is a story which goes that one friend two friends were reborn. Now one was very pious. So he again got a human birth. But the second friend was born and in uh, like the worm who lives in the feces. So this friend recognized his friend and he said I will take you out from here. But When he was about to take him out, he went deeper because he was finding pleasure. He did not realize what was there beyond this. So, if according to Rishabdev, if we are unable to go beyond the sensuous pleasures which any other animal is also indulging in, then we are actually wasting our precious human birth, which are really a source of misery Swines, dogs, and animals, it is worthy of being devoted, my beloved sons, to sublime austerities whereby the mind is purified, and from purity of the mind follows the unending bliss of absorption into the Absolute. He is saying all these things to his children who are princes. Okay, we are not talking to. In our scripture, nowhere we will hear a sannyasi imparting lessons to a sannyasi, no. Agrihast, is talking to his generation of gristas only and he is talking in this language. So he is saying that don't get involved in sensuous pleasures. Everything that animals are doing, if you do, it is such a waste, right? Now there was a king who was in the jungle and he got lost, right? And he came across a woodcutter. So the woodcutter was chopping wood. He used to toil very hard because all he could do was chop the wood, sell it and get the money and earn a living. So when he reached there, he was very thirsty. The woodcutter did not have much but he had a very big heart. So when he saw the king, he offered whatever he had, water, food, shelter, whatever litter he had, he gave it to him and he took good care of the king, made him very comfortable. Now the king the next day left to his kingdom and he was so happy that he sent a minister and he said that woodcutter toils so much, he works so hard and he hardly gets anything. I want to gift him a forest. And this was no ordinary forest. He was gifted the forest of sandalwood. Can you imagine the value of the sandalwood? So, the, of course, he was very happy. Okay, I got such a big forest. But the irony is, he did not understand the difference, didn't understand the difference between normal wood and sandalwood. So, what he was doing, the same thing. He was chopping the plants and cutting and selling it at the same rate he was selling the wood. So in spite of having such a precious gift through which he could make so much, he literally wasted it because of his ignorance. Because he did not understand the difference between wood and sandalwood. So that divine has given us this gift. Human birth is a precious gift. It has been given to you. If a human does not understand between the way of life of a human and a swine and a dog, what can the divine do? Can he do anything? He cannot. You want to indulge in sensuous pleasures? Please go ahead. He has given you the gift. He has given you the chance. You miss this chance. Too bad. (inaudible) There is no surety that we will get this human birth. So, Precious. And if we don't distinguish between wood and sandalwood, we'll make the same blunder, right? Like the... So now he's telling his children that you have been given a precious birth beyond everything else. To liberate yourself and reach for the divine is the foremost of your duty in this birth. And what do we do most of the time? Abhi time nahi. focus karo, mein Isn't it? this one thing which is the most important is put the later years and that later year may, may maybe you know it never even comes till 60 70 50 because the child is made to say that everything else is important Ram, nam, to theek. that is what we do right if we have something important the first thing we miss is bhagwan so he's telling this and how do you do it you have to purify your mind right it is not going to happen automatically Purification of the mind happens through austerities. There is no other way. There is no easy way. Tapa, 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 tapa. It can be as simple as not indulging in a new dress. Or it can be as difficult as fasting for 5 days. It can be as simple as giving up food. There is no specific reason. The When you want to and you are not doing it. When you want to talk but you are not saying anything. Just imagine when you are in silence and somebody comes. Two people are talking in front of you and you know what they are saying is not right and you they are saying something about you and you don't justify it because you are in silence. That is control. So, this he is saying there is no other way my children but by austerities. First thing, human birth, don't waste it. Your utmost duty is prabhu prapti liberation god there is no two way to it and how do you do austerity oh, you have to do austerities you have to do tapa you have to purify your mind because till you purify your mind nothing will happen so how do we purify the mind he goes to the second step he says there are two ways of purifying your mind right there are only two gates In fact, purifying your mind is one gate, but there are two gates. One gate goes to serving the saints and the elevated souls and the people who are on the path or are devotees of the Lord. The other way is being in the service or in the company of the lustful people who are steeped in sensuous enjoyments. You always have two choices, right? It is clear. We might say that no, no, there is, uh, you know, you can balance. No, there is no balancing. Always there are two gates. Either you serve because time is limited. Everybody has only those 24 hours. Now you have to decide which your time has to be given to this set of people or that set of people. So he says, you have... The wise speak of service rendered to the exalted souls as an open gate to liberation and fellowship of those who are found of women In other words, it is just lustful people as the door opening into hell. Now, which door do you want to choose? It is obvious, right? The second door is definitely better because there is so much of fun and joy. If you look at the first door of the saints, their life looks very boring. Now, again, there is a beautiful story. Teja Mayananda Ji says that there was this man who after a lot of effort was given the gate pass to heaven. So when you go to heaven, you have to pass the doorways of hell and then go to heaven. So this man was just passing hell and on his way to heaven. hell He looks, wow, people are dancing, people are laughing, people are enjoying, people are eating it was so nice and happening. So he looked at hell. He said, oh, this is hell. Wow. And then he goes forward and he reaches heaven. In heaven, there was nothing much happening. It was pretty quiet. It was a bit, you know, bit uh, desolated. also. People were busy in their own work. So he went straight to God and he said, listen, I have been given the gate pass to heaven. But can you please choose, change it? I want to go to hell. Now God said, what? Why do you want to go to hell? Oh, I think it is more fun over there. It is so amazing. So God said, bhai, If you want hell over heaven, what can I do? Here you go. Go to hell. So he descended, went to hell and the minute he entered the gate, oh my God, the amount of beating, they hit him into a pulp and he was shouting but nobody was stopping and he said, why are you doing this to me? He said, of course, this is going to happen to you. You are in hell. He said, but stop when I passed. Everybody was enjoying, everybody was happy, everybody was eating. The demons there said, oh, that was the marketing team. (laughs) That was the marketing team. And at that time you were a guest. Now you are a resident and this is the treatment of the resident. It's very simple, right? Sensuous pleasures are good to look at, right? Uh, Looks very good. Then when you enter and you indulge yourself totally doesn't it become miserable because one after another you have to match up abhi to bhi bedroom hai it is more a source of stress till from outside it looks good the minute you enter into sensuous pleasures you spend your entire life running to achieve something and till the end you are dissatisfied Because sensuous pleasures can never give satisfaction. Can they? Have you seen people going after plastic surgery, after plastic surgery? Because they have certain things in mind and then after that they always have a post-purchase dissonance and they again go and correct their nose and then they again go and correct this and then they again go and correct that. From the outside when you look at somebody you say, wow, perfect features. She's looking so amazing, I will get it done. Once you enter, you know how hellish it is. Isn't it? When we go shopping, after we come back, mostly we have a post-purchase dissonance. It is normal. So, once still you are watching from outside, it looks good, right? The marketing team is at play from outside. Everything looks very nice. You enter their world. You enter and see what is happening behind the closed doors. Then you realize, my God, it is filth. But when you go to a sage or a wise person, there is no marketing team there. yes, There is peace, quiet, calm. There is nothing to market. And of course, then you know, you don't realize that once you enter the door, there is so much of bliss, there is so much of contentment, there is so much of joy. But then you have to enter, right? So before entering, he chose. So he said, there are only two gates. So now, if you choose to serve the elevated source, now who are the elevated source? Now, there has to be. A definition right which people can be called the elevated souls it is not like you serve anybody no there are specific definitions given so that we can identify they alone are really great who are even-minded exceptionally calm and composed free from anger kind-hearted pious or again they who regard love offered to god as the only object of human pursuit we say, aise toh nahi na. Human pursuit is, they say, dharm, artha, kaam, moksh. So, we will say, see, in our human pursuit, it is clearly licking, dharm is good, but artha arjan is not no. Kaam, as desires are not no. And last mate it is moksh. But we don't understand, when you start walking on dharm, and you establish on your true dharm, what is a true dharm? Satchit anand swaroop, right? That constant bliss. How will our artha arjan be? Will there be any Artharjan or if there is any money which is coming in, how will the money come in and how will the money go? It will be so beautiful, right? It won't be like a sensuous person. It, it cannot be. And then desires, what kind of desires will you nurture if you are established in Dharm? You will nurture the desire for the divine. You won't desire for something which is material. So it all depends. So it starts from Dharm. But we say, see in our Shatras, Dharm, Arth, Kaam, Muksh. So, art and Kaam have been said to be yes. But unless and until we understand what kind of art and what kind of Kaam, we will say, no, 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 it is not wrong. Of course, it is not wrong. Wealth in itself is not wrong. But how you earn it and what you do with it? Desires in itself, they are not wrong. But what kind of desires? Desires for what? So, over here, they are saying that their only pursuit is God. They don't have these four pursuits. They say, my only pursuit is God nothing else who takes no delight in the company of men solely engaged in the pursuits merely of uh, calculated to nourish their body nor in household consisting of wife engaged uh, merely yes they are solely engaged merely calculated to nourish they are not an, actually interested in the company of those people who do not have the pursuit towards God they don't want to be in the company of those people who are totally bound to the family. Who are so selfish that they cannot think beyond the boundaries of their own family. Who think that desires and material benefits are the only good. A pious soul will never indulge or mingle with such people. Very brutal but that is the truth. And who has no selfish interest in the world beyond the maintenance of their body. See over here Rishabh says one more thing. He said we are born in where? Bharatvarsh, right? India. It is a Dharma Bhumi. It is a tapa So first is we have a human birth. Second, we are born in Bharatvarsh. It is a tapa right? It is the Bhumi of the pious. After that also, if we are unable to reach the divine, what more can be done to you? So he is saying that these two things in place, still if you indulge, and go around not focusing on liberation, then nothing can be done. So clearly, and an erring soul commits sin only when he endeavors for gratification of his senses. Now this point is very important. Aisa hota kya? So this was the identification of the pious people. And he's saying that we err and we make a mistake only when we go beyond sense indulgence. Isn't it true? Think about it. If you think about any mistake that you have made, it is going to be for sense gratification. Mostly. Because that is when you lose your rationale, you become passionate and you react. right? But if you are not driven by sense pleasures, your decisions, your outlook will be very robust. You won't sway. So if you follow sense indulgence, that is when you make a mistake. It is very clear. They are saying. So what are they saying is they are condemning any form of sense pleasures. Very clearly, they take it a step forward, which might not go very well with us. First, indulgence and in thinking of ourself as a body, right? This is me. This is me, is a knot, right? A gitane, which is not letting us go beyond, right? It is a blockage. Second. Thinking everything that is related to the body. Be it a wife, be it a friend, be it a husband, especially your spouse or parents. If you think that this is me and this is mine, body is a bondage, family, friends, everything else is a second bondage. It stops one from liberation. Very clearly they are saying. So, now whom is he preaching? He is preaching to us. We have to remember the scenario because if we don't remember the scenario, we will say, no, no, this is not meant for us. Priyavrat, uh, sorry, Rishabdev is a king. He has 100 children. He has a loving wife, Jayanti. He is giving these lessons to his children, Bharat and his 99 children who are further going to enter the Grihast Ashram, And rule the kingdom. To them he is saying body is a bondage. Family is a bigger bondage. So we have to understand very clearly. When you say family is a bondage. Family in itself does not become a bondage. How we are dealing with the family. Are we attached to the family. That becomes a bondage. right? Anger in itself is not wrong. How we are using the anger is wrong. right? Wealth in itself is not wrong. So family in itself is not wrong. But what do you do with it is where the wrong and right comes. Do not regard those actions as good. Now, the real nature of the soul remains obscured due to the ignorance only so long as the Jeev does not inquire into the truth about the spirit. So long as the actions continue to be performed, the mind re- remains disposed to activities and it is due to such a mind that Jeev remains tied to the body ki ye main hun. Aur agar ye main hun, everything related to that is mine. So body is a bondage and everything related to the body, especially the closest they are talking about as family, is a bigger bondage. So these are the two hurdles on the path of liberation. And is maybe they have gone further to say a wife or a husband is the biggest hurdle to liberation if you take that relation as so. Right? Now, iske baad mein, The fool soon forgets its own essential nature and finding a home providing sexual enjoyment as a characteristics feature suffers torments of various kind. Right? See, why is... uh Let's be very basic. We might say this is not true, but this is true. Why a family is formed? In many societies in the world, this marriage thing is not formed. The only thing, only reason why marriage has come into place is so that people remain fiddle to each other, right? Other than that, there are many societies where this concept is not there. You just put the handkerchief and that is it. So in a society, to maintain the decorum, main reason to form A marriage is so that, okay, you are fiddled to each other and you don't go around everywhere. Think of it. It is brutal truth that the basis of a grist, you know, if you are not a true grist, the basis of your ashram is sexual enjoyment. And that is the brutal truth. The union as husband and wife of a man with a woman, the wise speak of it as an other knot binding their hearts together apart from the subtle knot in the shape of identification with the body already existing in their hearts individually. So, one to, this knot hai ki where you are bound with the body. Second, you get bound to the other person. And it's a soulmate, soul person, whatever it is. One the body is not yours. So, what is the relation here? So they have brutally put this ashram, if it does not follow their decorum, to be an ashram based on sexual enjoyment. It is due to this other knot that over the above the body, mind and senses, a man regards a house, field, children, kinsmen, wealth as either himself or his own. When, However, the hard knot in the shape of mind formed in the heart of this jiva by its karma gets loose, then does it turn its back in this relation of husband and wife and shedding its ego, the cause of transmigration and freed from all bondages, re- reaches the Supreme. So uh, if you are able to break these two knots, this ki tomorrow you go and file a divorce. That is not what they are saying. Again, the context is a king is talking to his children who are going to enter the Grest Ashram, but he is telling them that Grest Ashram is not supposed to be like this. right? So. Sitting there, he is telling them in great depth that this human birth is for liberation. The sooner we tell our children this fact, the better we are. And later on they go on to say, any person, be it a mother, a father, a teacher, a brother, anybody who is not guiding the pupil, the wife, the husband, the children, even the parents in the direction towards liberation or God is brutal. He is not true because he is as good as a person who is not showing the blind man the right direction. He sees that this blind man is going in the wrong direction yet he does not correct. So if you are not telling your children that to get rid of the bondage of sansar is the reason for human birth, you are as good as a person who is not correcting the direction of a blind man. Just imagine a blind man is going and he's going to fall in the pit and you let him. So, how much onus a parent has over here? If we are not correcting our children and we are not telling them that you have taken birth for liberation and cutting the bonds of life and death, your sole purpose is Prabhupravti. We have to ask this question to ourselves. Are we doing that? Or are we ourselves so indulgent as they have said in sensuous pleasures? We are in the company of the people who are indulging in sensuous pleasures and not in the company of saints. And as it is by our example showing a a wrong thing to our children. This is a big question to ourselves because children and not only your children, be it your children, your husband, your parents, name it. They look at you and then they observe and then they see, oh, this path is making a difference or not. Don't they? They see the change in you, the subtle change, slowly they'll observe and that is what brings about the entire change in their behavior also. How much are we able to portray that no, self-realization is the path? How many times are we able to ask our children to get up and read some holy scripture before they walk out to school? No, no, I am very busy, this and that, no, everything you do. But not without Prabhu, are we able to do that? Are we able to tell them that sensuous pleasures are not good? Just like, you know, hell, to children it looks good, right? The dance parties and everything children enjoy over here, they said, right? When they looked at hell, they saw people are dancing, eating, enjoying. Heaven may kuch bhi nahi tha. So he went to hell. And then the way he got beaten up, he realized what was the difference between. So what are we showing to our next generation? This is very essential. And this section is very essential for a parent. What are we showing our children? Are we setting the right example? Are we convinced that this human birth is for liberation only? Priyavrath was got into the samsara not for sexual pleasures, not for the wealth. He was got into samsara not for recreational sex, for procreation. Because he was so high in tap as a brahmachari. Can, okay, again, I have asked this question twice or thrice because I keep asking myself, are our children in the brahmachari ashram? Are we grooming them like that? Are we letting them go away with all their desires? Or we tell them, nahi milega. You like it? Okay, you don't like it. This is the way it's done. How? Or are we actually giving into our desires or are we able to tell ourselves, nahi, we are not going to get this? No matter what. Are we doing upyog in our life? Or are we doing uphog in our life? Because we have to know. Rishabh Dev, his ancestors and his ancestors were leading that kind of a life, right? That is why we say Rishab Dev was the foremost. Sixth generation of constant Tapa. And Rishab Dev comes. And after that Bharat, we all know Bharat. India is named after his son Bharat. So they... Brought forth such divine souls, and now when we look around and we say, "How much are we contributing to what is happening around us?" Of course, we are contributing because we are we are bringing in such a generation, right? And we say, Ki, oh, okay, we cannot do anything about it." Then who will? If the parents say we cannot do anything about it, then who will? And somebody else will suffer because the parents said we cannot do anything about it, because the parents were too busy in sensuous pleasures. So he is telling his children, you are 100. Okay? Later, his Praja, the Rishis are sitting, everybody, that human birth is not for all this. Human birth is for liberation. Now, isme there is a list. Now you might ask, because see, he is sitting in front of people, so he is talking. So now he has given a scenario, okay, this is right, this is wrong. There are two gates, whether you want to be with saints or there are two, he has not given a middle path, or you want to be with people who are involved in the sansar, in sensuous pleasures. You have to choose one, right? You don't sway from here and there. Choose one and then walk on the path. But now the question would be, how do I do austerities? For purity of mind, they are saying we have to do austerities, Right?